13 riders snaked down PCH. The Pacific Ocean glittered on the right, the Malibu Mountains dressed in dry beige summer colors framed the left. Finally they turned on Mulholland Highway, climbing into the hills. Now the roar of bored pistons and straight pipes bounced off mountains, pinging loudly in the granite canyons. Another left turn off Mulholland took them to Las Flores Road, the hogs slowing as the road wound dangerously. The late afternoon sun glinted off polished chrome and lacquered paint. A few people heard the deafening rumble and came out of their houses to watch them pass. Then up onto Puma Road, two by two, a growling metal centipede making its way slowly along the narrow highway. Shane looked over at Chooch and saw him grinning. Hard not to feel the rush of all that energy and power. They were nearing the end, rolling in, loud and dangerous. Around the corner, up ahead, was a biker hangout high in the Malibu Mountains. They rounded the last curve and saw the rock store. The parking lot was full. Almost a hundred bikes lined up like soldiers at parade rest, all dressed right, leaning on metal kickstands. Mostly it was American iron, Harleys and Indians, with a few Japanese rice burners. The rock store was Mecca for Southern California bikers. It was the high church, hog heaven. Maniac pulled in, and one by one the iron pigs backed their bikes into a line, then shut them down. Silence filled their ears, laid tight against their skulls. Goat dismounted and turned to face the pigs. Ride captain buys the beers, he said. A cheer was followed by a round of vicious insults. I got your ride money, goat. Right now you couldn't buy a Hoover Street hooker, Jabba the slut scoffed. Then she threw a canvas bag full of cash at him. The iron pigs whistled and hooted. Chooch and Shane climbed off their borrowed bikes. I'll buy you a beer if you don't tell your mother, Shane whispered, instantly realizing he sounded like a boy scout at a truck stop. I own you now, Dad, Chooch teased. If I tell Mom about this, you'll be in honeydew jail until Christmas. You gotta take a few chances in life, Shane grinned and threw an arm around his son's shoulder as they all walked toward the rock store. Shane heard a bike start up and looked around just in time to see Jabba the Slut pulling out on her custom soft tail. Then he remembered she said she was on the mid-watch and had to get to work. She deep-throated the yellow and black Harley, roaring down the road, laying rubber, kicking ass on her way back to L.A. I wonder what she looks like under those goggles and do-rag, Shane pondered. The rock store had been a stagecoach stop in the early 1900s. Ed and Veronica Sasko owned it since the 60s. They made it into a convenience store. The Rock Foundation was responsible for its name. Two old red-and-white gas pumps sat out front, dinging off the gallons like antique slots. In the 70s, the Sazcos had added a dining room and bar. They'd sold one hell of a lot of beer since then. Most L.A. bikers eventually hit the Rock store. Everybody from Jay Leno to old-time, bee-in-the-teeth Harley Roughnecks hung there. Shane, Chooch, and the remaining Iron Pigs found three open booths, crowded in, and drank beer as the roof shadows grew long, stretching across the porch into the dirt yard. The place started to clear out by seven. By 7.30, most of the Iron Pigs had left. Maniac, Goat, Chooch, and Shane hung on stubbornly, not wanting the ride to end. Alexa was in Chicago at a police convention, so Shane and Chooch were spending some guy time together. Maniac and Goat took off their head wraps, and the cool biker handles disappeared with them. They were back to being Emo and Darren. Chooch was explaining the wing-tee offense he quarterbacked at Harvard-Westlake High School, finger-painting plays on the table using the moist condensation from their beer cans. 
Emo watched closely as the play was diagrammed on the sawed wood. Don't you run any options off that formation? Emo asked. His overdeveloped shoulders and muscular build made him look like a linebacker, but Shane knew he'd once played quarterback at Cerritos Junior College. Yeah. Chooch drew another play as he talked. You can fake to the halfback coming across like this, or do a naked rollout pass run option. We also have a pitch to the trailing back. Emo leaned over and looked down at the diagram painted in water on a chipped cedar table. Then he added a play of his own. You should tell your coach to put in a Z option off the rollout. You throw back to the wing back on the far side. He drew the pass pattern and Chooch looked carefully at the play. Countermotion, he said, and Emo Rojas nodded. Shane thought this was just about perfect. He and his son were making the important but difficult transition from parent and child to buddies. They heard the four Harleys pull in, but nobody paid too much attention. Darren Zook went to the restroom to tap a kidney. Shane went to get another beer from the bar. He had just paid when he heard angry voices coming from the other room. Do I look like I give a fuck, he heard somebody shout. Shane moved out of the bar and stood in the threshold of the dining room. He saw four scruffy-looking bikers leaning over the booth where Emo and Chooch sat. Shane knew at a glance these were outlaws. One percenters. Chooch was trying to get to his feet, but one of the large thugs had his hand on the boy's shoulder, holding him in place. Hard to do because Chooch, at 18, had grown into a six-foot-three, 225-pound college football prospect. These four outlaws were patched. When one of them moved, Shane saw the Mongols' colors riding his back like a dangerous insult. This ain't gonna work, dickhead, one of the Mongols said to Emo. He was big, at least 250 pounds, with a red beard and deep-set eyes. He looked mean, but slow. Hey, Rain Man, one of the other Mongols said to Redbeard, this kid ain't patched. Maybe he's a prospect. Rain Man leaned in and glared at Chooch. Then you're prospecting for dead people. He turned and growled at Emo. You wear the bottom rocker in our state. You eat shit and die. Chooch was still being held in place. But then without warning he bolted up, spun, and shoved the Mongol behind him hard, using a forearm shiver. Suddenly everyone was moving at once. Emo Rojas ducked under Rain Man's wild right and bolted out of the booth. Chooch scrambled out beside him. A hard-eyed Mongol with geezer stitched on his pocket was holding the door. He pulled a cut down out from under his three-quarter-length coat, a shotgun with a four-inch barrel. Cut-downs were illegal in California, but these guys made their own laws. Geezer chambered the piece, and everybody froze. You got one way out of this place, Rain Man said to Emo. He was smiling through his red beard, but his slit eyes offered little humor and no hope. You get down on your belly and you crawl out the door. I'm going to break you up, rip that bottom rocker off, and stuff it up your ass. Then if you suck this prospect's dick, I might let you run. Now a slight smile appeared on Emo's face. Adrenaline, or some form of street insanity. Chooch was on the balls of his feet and ready. Shane left the bar threshold and moved quietly along an adjoining wall, then looped right and ran through the service door. Geezer didn't see it coming until it was too late. Shane dove over a table and hit the gunman between the shoulder blades, right in the middle of the ugly, snarling Mongol logo, taking the man to the ground. The shotgun flew from his hands, discharging into the air. 
It landed, then bucked out the door into the dirt. How long the fight lasted was a topic of dispute for months. Derenzuk, who heard the shotgun blast and ran out of the can, said he thought he was only in the brawl for about thirty seconds. Shane and Emo felt it had lasted over three minutes. But, to be honest, fish and fight stories always get bigger with each telling. Most dust-ups end up on the ground, so the LAPD and the L.A. Sheriff's Department teach a version of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is a ground-fighting technique. Tough guys and heroes like to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe and trade punches, but Emo, Shane, and Darren all took their guys down fast, wrapping them up in arm locks and leg holds. Geezer screamed as Shane applied too much leverage and broke his right wrist. Rainman hit Chooch, who shook it off and countered with two sharp left hooks that dumped him. Whether it took a minute or an hour, the end result was the same. Shane, Darren, Emo, and Chooch were standing over the four dazed Mongols. It was a moment that would bond them forever. Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. You're under arrest, Emo said as he flashed his deputy star and cuffed Rain Man. Shane flashed his LAPD badge, then grabbed his cuffs and hooked Geezer up. Darren and Emo cuffed the other two, who called themselves Crash and Nasty, then went through the bikers' pockets and finally found enough meth in their saddlebags to add possession with intent to distribute to the charge sheet. Afterwards, they escorted their captives outside and waited for the LASD transport van. The Mongols shook their heads in dismay. You guys are cops? Rain Man asked. I thought you were outlaws. Darren said, Iron Pigs don't ask if they can wear the bottom rocker because you gotta be a cop to join. Then Emo reached out and tore Rain Man's California rocker off his leathers and stuffed it in a trash can out front.